It was a journey for the Buffalo Bills coaching staff in 2023. So what are the prevailing thoughts when assessing the overall picture? We're going to examine that today on Locked on Bills. You are locked on Bills. Your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Well, folks, we're going to continue our performance review series by examining the Buffalo Bills coaching staff and assessing how they performed in 2023 what the prevailing thoughts are, and what they got to figure out for 2024. We started this series with Brandon Bean. Now we're on to the coaching staff. Next up will be the quarterbacks, Josh Allen, under the microscope tomorrow, assuming that there's no major breaking news that uh, forces us to pivot from our plan. But coaching staff today, Josh Allen tomorrow. So let's start with Sean McDermott. Then we're going to do the offensive staff, the defensive staff, and special teams. But we do got to start with the main guy, Sean McDermott. He's responsible for all of it, right? The head coach. And so this is, we'll go on a little journey here talking about Sean McDermott in 2023. I think one of the big things that I want to bring up is the offensive identity crisis. You moved on from Brian Dayball. Well, you didn't move on. He became the head coach of the Giants. Ken Dorsey becomes your offensive coordinator starting in 2022. And he lasts about half the season in 2023. And I think throughout that entire stretch of Ken Dorsey, your offense had an identity crisis. Started off wanting to be this efficient offense in 2022. Then it really pivots to this vertical offense. Then you go back to this past season, and it's back to efficiency, and Josh Allen's not really playing with the same type of energy or looking like himself. He doesn't look like he's having fun. You just had an offensive identity crisis. and. I think Sean McDermott did a good job firing Ken Dorsey. I just don't think he was the right coordinator for Josh Allen. And you gave it some time to breathe, but at the end of the day, it wasn't the right guy. And so I think there's criticism for rolling with Ken Dorsey, but I think you had to give that its opportunity. But I think he does get credit for making the hard decision to fire him midseason and giving Joe Brady the offense. So I start off this conversation by thinking a lot about the offensive identity crisis. Then on the defensive side of the football, they had to navigate the defensive injuries. And I think that's important to mention before I get into this next thing, because they went, the season was just an absolute roller coaster. You're three and one through your first four games. You finish five and oh, you win your last five. But that middle eight, you went three and five. And that was a tough stretch. That was a really tough stretch. 
navigating defensive injuries, navigating the peak of Ken Dorsey not being able to get this offense looking like it should. And you had this lull. You had an eight-game lull of, of three and five and some really disappointing losses in that stretch. The Jaguars loss, and I put that on Sean McDermott. I think he completely mismanaged that trip. I've talked about that a lot. Banking sleep and getting down there on Friday. Come on. Wasn't the right decision. That was a tired football team. The Patriots loss, giving up 29 points to Mac Jones. Giving up the only game-winning drive of Mac Jones' career. Your defense got clowned against one of the worst offenses in the league. I know there were injuries, but come on, it's Mac Jones. It's Patriots. They stink on offense. The Bengals lost. The offense didn't show up that day, and you're still trying to navigate defensive injuries. You wind up blitzing Joe Burrow a ton. Not a big fan of that game. The Broncos lost. (laughs) You had too many guys on the field. You won the game. They missed the field goal, but you had too many guys on the field. I mean, that's that's egregious coaching. Then the Eagles lost, where you completely got outclassed in the second half. And my biggest gripe about the whole thing was that you didn't give Josh Allen a chance with the ball. 20 seconds left, two timeouts, and you just needed a field goal. You went to overtime, and you lost in overtime once again. So that, that three and five lull was tough, right? Tough. But then they get out of it, right? They got out of it. They rallied. And they rallied through some tough circumstances, right? The Tyler Dunn hit piece on Sean McDermott right before the Kansas City game, right after the three and five, you know, lull that they went on, they went through coming out of the bye week. That was tough. But they rallied and they go from six and six to 11 and six. And so for as much as I extend criticism to Sean McDermott for that three and five stretch, he gets a lot of praise for rallying this football team, winning the last five, finishing 11 and six, becoming the number two seed in the AFC and winning the AFC East. Now, one of my favorite things about that finish of the season, comparing the three and five lull to the five and oh finish, it was that you saw that lessons were learned. And I haven't always felt that way about observing the Bills. I've often thought to myself, you know what? I don't know that they are learning anything. I think they learned a lot. Because what did we start this conversation by talking about? Well, you had an offensive identity crisis. Well, you figure that out. You give the reins to Joe Brady, and and you certainly now have an identity. Offensively, Josh Allen's looking like Josh Allen again. But then defensively, you know, you blew some games in that three and five stretch. You did. And you had a bunch of injuries. But during that five and oh finish, they were able to figure it out on defense from a personnel perspective, but also they were able to close out games. Look at that stretch Kansas City, Miami, Los Angeles Chargers, New England. Four of those five games that you won down the stretch, and also Dallas is in there. The defense had an opportunity at the end to blow the lead, and they didn't. Patrick Mahomes couldn't lead the game-winning drive. Tua Tungavailoa couldn't lead the, lead the game-winning drive. You know, 
obviously Bailey Zappi couldn't do it. Easton Stick couldn't do it, but that's good growth. So a lot of the the, lot, the problems that that led to that three and five lull disappeared down the stretch when they had to, and I think that's a that's a good story to tell there. That's a good rebound. And then you get to the playoffs. Pittsburgh game, we had so much fun, but a disappointing playoff exit, right? You couldn't get stops on defense. You couldn't stop Kansas City. And I know that defensive injuries came right back, right? Which is very disappointing. But you just couldn't get stops, and they're getting explosive plays. They're never getting into third downs. I mean, just felt like Kansas City had what they wanted. And so... Unfortunately, the prevailing thought, despite a lot of good, a lot of good, we talked about it, getting out of the lull, the reasons for the lull, finishing strong, winning a playoff game, all of that, the prevailing thought that people are going to have about Sean McDermott coming out of 2023 is that his defense got cooked again in an elimination game, and you let Kansas City off the hook. Kansas City's back to the Super Bowl, and you have to feel like two of the last three times that Kansas City at least went to the AFC Championship game, this time going to the Super Bowl, it's because you let them off the hook. And that sucks, right? That's not that's not where you want to be. You want to send Kansas City home, and you can't do it. In the playoffs, you can certainly do it in the regular season. You prove that. You've done it three times in a row. But when it matters most, you once again get clowned by Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And so you, you're still searching for answers there because if you want to win the AFC, you're probably going to have to beat the Chiefs. You're going to have to do it. And hopefully you get another chance to do it at Highmark Stadium. Who knows, right? Who knows? Felt like it was a great opportunity. Certainly sucks that you had some defensive injuries. But for all the good that we just talked about, we're left thinking about his defense got roasted again in the playoffs by Kansas City. And you let Kansas City off the hook. And they're probably going to win another Super Bowl here in a couple weeks. So there you have it, Sean McDermott, the 2023 season. In just a second here, we're going to talk about the offensive coaching. It'll certainly involve Joe Brady and Ken Dorsey, but there's some position coaches that I think we need to discuss as well. So stick with me. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit only, available to U.S. customers. Let's talk about this offense. And we'll, first of all, just identify how they performed. Bills averaged 26.5 points per game in 2023. That's sixth best in the NFL. 6.9 yards per pass. That's fourth best. 4.3 yards per run. That's eighth best. 41.4 score percentage on drive. So when the Bills got the ball, 41.4% of the time they scored. That's sixth best in the NFL. Number one, third down offense in the NFL, 50% conversion rate on third downs. 
and 63% red zone touchdown percentage. That's sixth best. So you are literally top eight across the board in some of the most important metrics in measuring offense, scoring yards per pass, yards per run, third down, red zone, all that stuff. Top 25% of the league, right? You're in the top, the top, uh, the top bucket. Good offense, right? I think whenever I consider the offense and the defense, I'm going to focus a lot on player development, maximizing talent, right? I think those are that's that's really what a, a coaching staff's job is to do: develop players and maximize what you have. The results are good. Just went through it. Very good offense. Player development. I think you have three great stories to tell here: James Cook, Galil Shakir, and Spencer Brown. Three young players in big in big roles, and they delivered, right? A, a new lead ball carrier in James Cook that became as high volume a ball carrier as we've seen for the Bills. Devin Singletary holding that down for the past four seasons. James Cook comes in and has a tremendous season. Now there's work there to be done. I think he's got a can't he can't drop a touchdown pass every week like he did for like the last five games. That's got to get fixed. And his skill set is always going to have limitations, right? He's never going to be a short yardage guy. You're never going to love him in pass protection. So you got to have a nice compliment with him. But I mean, this guy was six in the NFL in yards from scrimmage. That's really good. For a year two. Again, there's some consistency stuff to figure out, but I think James Cook is one heck of a story to tell when it comes to this offense in 2023. Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir led the team in receiving like the last 10 games. Made some of the most dynamic plays of any player this season. Thinking about the catch and run against the Jets. The playoffs against Pittsburgh, that touchdown was unbelievable. I mean, even in the Kansas City game, the touchdown reception, the third down catch, just off the chart stuff. I don't think we have any questions who the slot receiver for the Buffalo Bills is. It's Khalil Shakir. Dud. Blocks, runs routes, yards after catch, competitive. I mean, like, what more can you ask for? That's a great story to tell. And, of course, Spencer Brown, right tackle, really came into his own. We're not talking about right tackle. When people are considering the needs for the Buffalo Bills right now, right tackle is not a conversation. Because Spencer Brown elevated his performance and looks like he's going to be the answer there. So I think those three guys... Is are great stories to tell with player development, not to mention the rookies, right? You had big-time contributions from rookies in Dalton Kincaid and Osiris Torrance. Dalton Kincaid, a historically great rookie tight end season, fourth most catches ever by a rookie tight end in a season, 10th most yards ever by a rookie tight end in a season. And Osiris Torrance comes in and plays every single snap at right guard. I mean, tremendous story to tell when it comes to your young players. Josh Allen, I I mean, led the league in touchdowns and yards. But I think some of your veterans is where you find the disappointment in Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, Dawson Knox. Feels like you wanted more from those players for sure. Other veterans, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morse, Connor McGovern, did a nice job. So it's disappointing to me that we look at this 
offense and and where we're frustrated are paid players or guys that you expect a lot from. So like Diggs, Knox, those aren't players you want to be disappointed in. Those are that's $14 million a year for, for Knox and Steph's well into the 20s. Gabe Davis in a contract year, you expected more. So those are the things that I think about with player development. In terms of maximizing talent, outside of I want to go to wide receivers here. Outside of Khalil Shakir at wide receiver, did a single Buffalo Bills wide receiver meet expectations? I don't think they did. So Khalil Shakir, thank you. Great season. Diggs, Davis, Hardy, Sherfield, not a single one of those guys met expectations for me. That raises questions about Adam Henry, the Bills wide receivers coach. And Adam Henry has a long resume in the NFL, and that's great. But it doesn't feel like he did a a bang-up job here in year one. And I don't know if there's an adjustment to some technique or what, but it doesn't feel like Adam Henry got the most out of his group. I feel pretty pretty comfortable saying that. If there's a position coach this year that just didn't get what they needed out of the group, it's Adam Henry. And so he, I think I think that's got to be a lot better next season. We need to be looking back at these wide receivers feeling a lot differently than we do right now. Now, offensive line, Aaron Cromer, year two, unbelievable job. Assistant offensive line coach, Austin Gund, those guys were terrific. Because I feel like all of the Bills' offensive linemen met expectations, and several of them exceeded it. And and I think that's a testament to the coaching staff. I mean, the players obviously work hard. They are the ones that perform and and execute, but uh, you have to give a lot of of love to Aaron Comer and Austin Gunn. Not to mention the depth of the offensive line. You know you had some stable veterans in Ryan Bates and, and David Edwards, but couple of guys that were practice squad players as rookies in Ryan Vandemark and Alec Anderson, they make the 53-man roster and stick on the roster the entire season. Fortunately, the Bills didn't have injuries offensively in terms of the offensive line where they had to play outside of like, you know, late game, mop-up duty, stuff like that. But your player development on the offensive line is just off the charts this year. So that's huge. In terms of the offense in general, we talked about the identity crisis early on. I think it's stabilized under Joe Brady. I'm excited for Joe Brady to continue as the Bills' offensive coordinator. I think that's it's going to be exciting to see what he can do with a full offseason in the lab with Josh Allen, getting on the same page, blending spread concepts with uh, you know more tight, tightly aligned formations, how they can get the 12 personnel going. There's, there's some exciting things that I think can happen here. And so... I think the fact that you started the year with one offensive coordinator, you fire him midseason, and then it gets a lot better with the new guy. I think that gets me excited about what this offense can be next year. My prevailing thought for the the offensive coaching staff is that I like how things evolved under Joe Brady, but there's still a lot to figure out. And the a lot to figure out is wide receiver. That could be a really different-looking group next year, and I think it should be a very different-looking group with three expiring contracts and Sherfield, Hardy, well, Sherfield, Gabe Davis, and Hardy you can cut and, and free up a bunch of money, and then a returning young player in Kalil Shakir, and then you got to get Diggs going. you got to get him going. 
entering year one of a four-year, $96 million contract extension. He's got to give you top production again for a couple more seasons. And so, yeah, that's a big thing to figure out, and so is maximizing your 12 personnel, your 13 personnel, and your two-back stuff. A big talking point that we're going to have on this podcast this offseason is that the best offenses in the NFL are incorporating two and three tight ends, and they're running two-back stuff. It's just how it is. Baltimore, Kansas City, Miami, Detroit, San Francisco. These offenses, that's what they do. And and I think that the Bills have had some good foresight there. Having Dalton Kincaid with Dawson Knox, Q Morris is a good-looking tight end three to me. What you did with David Edwards is a big tight end. You got to evolve on that, and I think you got to start figuring out how you can get Reggie Gilliam to to matter more for this team offensively. Though he's a good special teamer, but I think you need to. These are going to be important players. I know that your fastball is wide receivers. I get that. I'm I'm into wide receivers too. Want to get better there, but I think you need to be able to play with some big people. It's an important it's an important piece of how offense is trending in the NFL, and so I'm excited to see how that comes together next season. All right, we're talking defense and special teams here in just a moment, so be sure to stick with me. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Folks, if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. My favorite thing about the Super Bowl is the game. I mean, it, I keep the main thing the main thing. People are into commercials, halftime performance, who's singing the national anthem, all that stuff. That's all great. I'm here for the football high-stakes AFC champion versus the NFC champion. And look, FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. And new customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, let's talk a little defense and special teams here. We'll first get into how the defense performed. They allowed 18.3 points per game. That's fourth best in the NFL. Five and a half yards per pass. That's sixth best in the NFL. 4.6 yards per run. 28th in the NFL. Third down defense, 39%. They allowed a conversion that's 19th best in the NFL. And red zone defense, 56% of the time they allow a touchdown. That's 19th best. So very good pass defense, very good scoring defense. Run defense certainly had its leaky moments where you gave up some explosive runs, particularly earlier in the season. Third down, red zone, definitely areas that can be a lot better, right? You're, 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 kind of trending towards below average in both of those categories. But a good job keeping points off the board, which is, I guess, the objective of a defense, right? So we'll do the same thing. We'll talk about player development. We'll talk about maximizing talent, prevailing thought. From a player development standpoint, I think there's some great stories to tell here. Christian Benford, Terrell Bernard, A.J. Epinesa, Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, Tyrell Dotson. I think there's some some good young players that developed here. And that's important. I think both on both sides of the football, you saw good player development from young players, and you needed that. You needed that. I mean, Christian Benford really, really becoming a stud corner. I mean, guy had a great season. 
Terrell Bernard, playmaker, right? Playmaker, quarterback of the defense, no doubt about it. Have an answer there at middle linebacker. Ed Oliver, nine and a half sacks, making plays. I know you wanted more out of him against Kansas City. I get it. Greg Rousseau, impact run defender, played through a foot injury. And I I still think there's a lot of ceiling for him to develop into. A.J. Epinesa, best season of his career. Tyrell Dotson, obviously the best season of his career. There's a lot of good there. I think you got some work in progress stuff from young players. Kyer Elam, uh, big time work in progress there. And you wonder what the opportunity is going to be at corner next year. If you have Benford and Rasul Douglas and, you know, if Trey White comes back, where does Kyer Elam factor into that? Then, of course, Dorian Williams. And I've said this a lot. I think Dorian Williams is going to be a critical piece of this defense as an X factor. And uh, there's there's so much that I want to say about this. Um, you know, listening to Bobby Babich, the Bills' new defensive coordinator, you listen to him over the summer talking about the defense. And one thing that he said is that ideally you never sub. Ideally you never sub on defense. And he talks about how reps and time on task really matters for how they want to play defense. And so if you can have seven players in your back seven, so linebackers, corner safeties, if you have seven players that are always on the field together, that means that they've, they're they rigidly repped. They've seen everything. They can communicate. They can play off each other. You're going to play fast, and you're, you're just going to have a, a nice foundation of work together to execute. And he talks about, he says, well, if you, if you got 2,000 reps of, of that same back seven, but then all of a sudden, situationally, you want to mix in a guy, and you mix in a guy that doesn't have 2,000 reps on task. He has 50 or 100 reps on task, right? You're losing a piece of it. I think that Bobby Babich is going to have to come off of that a little bit. And I think he's going to have to lean into some three linebacker stuff, especially because what I talked about in the last segment about tight ends and, and two backs and stuff like that's happening. I think you got to be able to play some heavier personnel. And Dorian Williams is that third linebacker that gets me excited. And not that I expect him to be a high-volume snap guy, but I think there's going to be some opportunity here. And look, last year, for he said that before the season, but then even during the season, that wound up not being true because they wind up having to play three safeties a, a lot. And I wonder if Milano and Bernard are healthy the whole season. Do they do, they do that? I don't know. But I think there's a spot for Dorian Williams to matter for this football team. So that, that I think player development, that's where I go with that. Maximizing talent, I, I keep going back to that you figured it out. You figured it out. You had, you had a bunch of injuries. You know, Matt Milano, Trey White, Daquan Jones, that's the three big ones. Von, Von Miller was, I don't know, was he ever healthy this season? Of course, missed the first five games and never looked the same. Christian Benford missed two games and, and then a third one in the playoffs. Greg Rousseau missed a game and played through a significant foot injury all season. A.J. Epinesa missed a couple games with that rib injury, and, and he wasn't the same after that. There was a big-time drop-off from Epinesa following that rib injury. Felt like Leonard Floyd played with something all season long. Kyrie Elam only plays in three games. He has that foot injury that keeps him out. Ed Oliver missed a game. Micah Hyde missed three games. Jordan Poyer missed one game. So, yeah, it's like the big, the big three, Milano, Trey White, Daquan Jones missed a bunch of time. But then it, it was just the other regular injuries on top of that that just made it difficult on defense. And, and especially when you go back to what I just said, how they believe in this time on task and reps and all that type of stuff. They could play fast and work off of each other. Well, you never really had the same guys, right? It, it was hard to do that. 
But then I give them a lot of credit for how they figured it out. We already got into that with the Sean McDermott piece of this conversation. But then it blows up in your face right again. The Miami and Pittsburgh games were just disasters for defensive injuries. Terrell Bernard goes down. Christian Benford goes down. Taylor Rapp goes down. Rasul Douglas goes down. And it's like, all right, you you did so much to put yourself in a position where you could play good defense again. And then right when the stakes are the highest, goodbye. Guys are hurt. And you got to figure it out against Andy Re- Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in the playoffs. Are we surprised that they didn't play well? No. Did I expect it to be so bad where you literally couldn't get a stop? No, I didn't expect that either. So what's my prevailing thought with the Bills' defensive coaching is that they figured it out during the season, but look, it just can't get clowned again in the playoffs. I think they have plenty of personnel things to sort out, defensive line and safety. Been through this, a defensive tackle, Ed Oliver, your only player under contract right now. At the edge, it's Von Miller, Kingsley Jonathan, Greg Rousseau. So you either need new players or new contracts, and it's probably going to be a bit of both. So you got a lot to figure out there. Safety's another one to figure out. Taylor Rapp, Cam Lewis, Micah Hyde, expiring contracts. Jordan Poyer has one year left, but there's big cap savings if you move on there. So I think you have big questions to answer on the defensive line and at safety. You got to sort things out at corner. You got a good problem at corner between Rasul Douglas, Christian Benford. Uh, hopefully, Trey White can come back. Kyer Elam, you got to figure that out, but that's a good problem. You figured out your your coach. You've got Bobby Babich as your defensive coordinator, but you at least need a defensive line coach to replace Eric Washington. And you need a linebacker's coach to replace Bobby Babbage, who's now your defensive coordinator. So some stuff to sort out there still on the defensive side of the ball. Real quick on special teams. This is not a good story to tell. Very disappointing year for the special teams. Tyler Bass, 24 of 29. And um, he, he, you think about that three and five stretch, that lull that the Bills went through. Tyler Bass also had his slump. He was nine of 14 during that slump. And he also missed his lone extra point of the season during that slump. Then he finishes the season two and five, two for five in the playoffs. So as much as we say the Bills go as Josh Allen goes, well, maybe it's really Tyler Bass. I'm being funny, but yeah, look, Tyler Bass, got to be better. Got to be better. And you know, my brother texted me today. He sent me this text message. He's like, here's the thing about Tyler Bass is you think that he's got like this leg and stuff like that. That's good for Buffalo. Those other kickers come into Buffalo and make all the kicks. They never miss. Tyler Bass is over here missing left and right. Eagles kicker makes from 59 in the rain outside. Bad year for Tyler Bass. Sam Martin. I thought he was fine. He had a little bit of a slump there, but he finishes the season 13th in the NFL and EPA per punt. Perfectly average NFL punter, fine with him. Punt return. The Bills averaged 11.6 yards per punt return. That's sixth in the NFL. And I think, obviously, the 96-yard touchdown in Week 18 played a big factor in that. If you, if you take that away, which you shouldn't, you shouldn't take it away because it did happen. On the other returns, the Bills were 8.8 yards per punt return, 20th best in the NFL. They were one of only... One uh, only one of eight uh, punt returns in the NFL, a uh, punt return touchdowns in the NFL this season happened for the Bills. I think the good story to tell with the punt return is I don't I don't think the Bills had like a big decision making blunder where they turned over the ball. K 
Kick return, nothing explosive there. 20 and a half yards per return. That's 26 in the NFL. Punt return against. The Bills allowed 12 and a half yards per punt return against them. That's fourth most in the NFL. Kick return against. The Bills allowed 22.4 yards per kick return. That's 13th lowest in the NFL. So not a whole lot of good here at all. So my prevailing thought on the special teams, obviously Matthew Smiley, the coordinator there. If 2024 is like 2023, Matthew Smiley is out. Fortunately, it was the number one special teams in the NFL in 2022. So I think that gives him some grace. And obviously, I think the defensive injuries matter a lot here where on a weekly basis, Matthew Smiley is is really working with a different set of players. And I think that's part of what he's got to figure out, right? That's part of the deal as a special teams coach. So I think 2022 gives him some grace for a dreadful year in 2023. But brother, you got to figure this out in 2024 because if this is a repeat performance, it's going to cost the Bills just like it did this past season. I mean, literally, you think about three games. The Jets, you give a punt return for a touchdown. The Denver game, you uh, didn't have the right amount of people on the field. And then you go to that the Chiefs game, and, and whether you want to bring up the fake punt or you want to bring up Tyler Bass missing that field goal. It was a problem. It was a problem. So there you have it. The coaching staff review. Hope that you enjoyed this tomorrow. We focus in on Josh Allen. Big in-depth conversation coming your way tomorrow. So don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed. Would love it. If you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast, have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.